Blog Talk Radio. Thomas is 
out and about celebrating 25 years of marriage with her wonderful husband and family because, after all, it is a family affair. Uh, Today, my special guest is going to be Ms. Mary Anderson, a relationship consultant, and we're going to be talking about relationship myth-busting. And we're going to also try to fit in is the economic success of sex-killing relationships. So today's show is going to be about relationships. Before we get started, let me give you a little bit of information about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Our Own Voices Live comes on every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That would be 3.30 p.m. for those of you back east. And for that central time, that's 2.30. Thank you all so much for joining us and listening and calling in. Uh, Our Own Voices Live was created from sort of a spinoff of Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. And what we like to talk about is we wanted to educate our own people, black people on African-American culture, but we also want to share that culture with the rest of America because, after all, that is what America is about, is accepting, uh, to a certain extent, absorbing other cultures and making it a part of the overall American culture. But as I felt, much of the African-American history and culture wasn't realized yet in America. And we need to teach it to our own, but we also need to teach it to other Americans. And then we need to learn about other Americans' cultures. So that was what Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine, was about, is about. And my plan is for it to continue to be about that. Um, before I go on, though, we have had tragic incidents that's happened in the world. Now, there's tragic incidents that happen in the world all the time. Some gets a little bit more publicity than others. And there was some major attacks in France. Now, there's major attacks going on in the Middle East almost daily, it seems like. But when it does stretch beyond those borders, it does have a slightly different impact on the Western powers, to say the least. And yesterday, there were as the reports have come in thus far, six coordinated attacks, six coordinated attacks in Paris, France, uh, with ISIS uh, claiming responsibility, with over 120 killed, roughly 200-plus injured with quite a few of them with serious life-threatening injuries so that death toll may increase. I believe all of the terrorists have been neutralized permanently. This comes at a time as there is major uh, immigration movements in the world, primarily from the Middle Eastern region into Europe. 
and mainly to get away terrorism and other acts of violence there. There has recently been this week the U.S. announced the killing of Jihadi John as he went by or as we identified him. And he was the male figure dressed in all black garb with all but his eyes hidden uh, in the process of beheading other individuals, killing, murdering, terrorizing. And the United States reported that he has been neutralized. A victory for sure if it's true. And they believe it's true. They do not expect to reclaim his body, but they have intelligence that signifies clear individual has been neutralized. So it was a short-lived victory and celebration if you can have such a thing when another human life is taken. In France, there were 120 lives thus far that have been taken, 120 lives that have been terrorized, 120 individuals whose families no longer have them. Some might argue prematurely. Some others will say, it is your time when it is your time. There are real threats in the world. Almost makes little difference on who produced them, but they are here. And they are coming. And they will continue to come. And as we saw in France, when they do come, they come violently. And we as a world, and for sure we as a country, will have to make some very hard choices in the very near future. So the question is, are we ready? Well, I wasn't expecting my co-host to join us today, but she did say she had a few minutes to stop in. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my co-host of Our Own Voices Live, really the founding voice of Our Own Voices, Mrs. Angela Thomas. Welcome to the show, Angela. Hey, hey, Rodney. Hey, world. Oh, man, what's going on, man? This is I, I had to call in today because I wanted to send love and light to everybody in Paris, Beirut, every every community that's that's you know, under siege right now. I guess that's all of us, but specifically what we're viewing all around the world on on all of our um, news stations. It has captured uh, our hearts go out to them. Uh, it has captured all of our attention, and our hearts go out to the families uh, and of, of the, the the fallen, and um, definitely the the survivors that uh, will have to move on and and go on with life um, behind this horrific, horrible, horrible act. You know, as we just celebrated Veterans Day here in America, one of the things that we spoke about was the small percentage of, of Americans that actually 
join the United States military. Mm-hmm. And it comes out that there's basically 1% of Americans who ever served in the United States military. And roughly 3% is the number given of immediate family members of that 1%. So in total, we're talking about 4%. Less than 5% of our country is directly impacted by the service of a military member. Things with terrorism, and especially terrorism on this scale, has changed that. Because we're all on the front line of terrorism because terrorists strike us all. And they want to strike us where we are. The days of going to fight traditional wars may still be the same as we fight them off of our shores. But terrorism, they try to bring the fight right to you. So it is a little different. So we may all find ourselves on the front lines of this particular war, the war against terrorism. My question at the beginning before Angela came on was, are we ready? If we are not ready, what does it take for us to get ready? You know, uh, it's a good question. It's an apropos uh, question for sure. As many know, I I just celebrated my anniversary. We went away. We went to San Francisco for uh, a week. And uh, just, you know, bumming around San Francisco, we we happened upon a theater where we stopped in to see uh, the latest James Bond picture. But there was a there was a uh, Twitter there was a a Target downstairs from the movie theater that we were uh, going to stop in to see James Bond. So we stopped in to this um, this Target, and what struck us about this target target had a uh, a huge exhibit going on um that dealt with all of these huge um digital components that you can implement into your into your household and you know as i ref- as we look at this terrorist situation and i reflect back on that exhibit everything in that exhibit had to do with safety and security in some way. <clears throat> it, it, had, it, it, it dealt with two things. It, it dealt with safety and security and um, fitness um, of some sort, monitoring your, your body and, and your environment. Um, but I, I was struck even then at, you know, how much, of our lives, they're marketing to be um, infiltrated, managed. You know, you put your adjective there by uh, online, by by the internet, by digital. And I was saying to Michael, my husband, when we were walking through the exhibit, this makes me very uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable on 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 a lot of fronts. Because one main front, it made me uncomfortable. We don't we don't read any of these user agreements because we're so excited about the technology, having access to whatever this product, whatever we're excited about with this particular product. We we tend to not view the user agreement 
and certainly not give it a, a close read as to, you know, what what freedoms we're giving up, what access we're giving uh, our household over to, and <clears throat> to think of how deeply impacted your home can be by any number of <clears throat> nefarious uh, entities from your refrigerator to your your front door lock uh your baby uh there was a a a t-shirt in this exhibit that monitored everything about your child and you you know you 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 have had babies in your life i've ha- i've have five fabulous kids i can't imagine the breach i mean one of the main things we want to do is secure our little ones, and just to put a shirt on a child uh, under the guise of, oh, you're going to be able to, you know, monitor little Pookie's, you know, whether he's he's waking up in the night. Who else is monitoring that was my question. What what entities are these companies uh, using to secure your data, uh, to secure your your little chunk of, of of the world and what what are they doing with this this um this information and I know it's a little off topic but for me they're softening us up to you know kind of get us on track with thinking about safety and security in very uh soft warm fuzzy kind of ways and I you know I I I would have to happen to agree with you Rodney there's no turning back now uh, security is an issue and it's a it's a it's an issue being marketed to you in some very interesting ways this Christmas right now so you know we better think long and hard about how we want to approach these things well the world has shifted, and it shifted fast. It shifted it really in has. ways that we probably wish it had not shifted. But the shift has taken place nevertheless. And then it comes down to what are we willing to do. Now, oftentimes what happens is people respond very quickly. And... Usually, when they do, they take drastic measures. In other words, they may go to extremes. They overreact. You have to be yeah. very careful as we're trying to catch up with the shifting world, mm-hmm. not to go too far. And You know, another interesting thing about this, this is a very significant well, it was interesting to me. It was a very significant anniversary for myself and my husband. It was our 25th anniversary, and we were planning to go. And we would have been there in Paris had we had had we moved forward with our with our uh, travel plans. But after we went to see the travel agent like two or three times, and had locked down our itinerary and dates and everything, we came home. And, you know, it was one of those situations where you want to say something to your loved one, but you're like, oh, I don't want to ruin the fun. But finally we, we, we circled around, you know what, I just don't think this is the time 
to to be traveling out of the U.S. borders right now, and I, I just would feel better if we pick some place. We have not seen all of the United States. Let's pick some place we hadn't we hadn't been, or maybe some place we've been that we enjoyed, and we ended up in San Francisco. But um, it, it's it's another reason why this particular uh, story has been kind of hard for me to watch because I know our our plans, and, and we would have been there. Well, thank goodness that somebody uh, took breaks on that decision. And, and actually yeah. what you said about America is I don't think we actually think about that often enough, that there's plenty to see in America. And we think of Europe as a place to go and visit and travel and, and see. And, yes, it is, and I've, I've been there. I love it. But at the same token, though, the United States, if you look at each individual state, they're pretty much similar to the same size and in some cases bigger than countries in Europe. So mm-hmm. you can go and travel to another state. If you live in the south, go to the north. If you live in the north, go to the south. If you live in the east, go to the west. If you live in the west, go to the east. Uh, and everybody can go to the center, and the center can go out every place else. So in doing right. that, you get a chance to see and make connections with America. Uh, one of the things that is good about America is that we have the diversity. But just as it's our strength, it can also be our weakness because diversity can sure. also be divisive by its very nature. So we should go and travel and see more of what's here and get a chance to meet the people that are here. Whether we go to Minnesota and experience that northern tier uh, culture or we go down south and experience some of that gentility that is it's known for in hospitality to come out west and enjoy these large, open uh, spaces. Of course, uh, we have plenty of coastlines in this country, so there's just so much to see. Uh, but we do need to em- embrace. This might be a time that helps Americans. And when I say Americans, I'm talking about all people that are citizens, but also specifically this black-white divide in America and also the black-black divide, is that we need to start embracing us because those people who terrorize France and They do not see any subdivisions or anything like that. They see us all as, you know, we're all Americans. And uh, That's right. And that's that's just the bottom line. All Americans equate to enemy. Yep. That's what they see. So, yes, times have changed. You know, uh, the topic of our show today was, and and still is, we just, we wanted to make sure that, first of all, we took a moment to reflect on what happened in in France. It, It is true from what the president said that France, was our first ally, and France has been our ally. And though we may joke about France and their warfighting ability, regardless of whatever their prowess used to be compared to what is perceived to be today, they have been with us from the very beginning before we were a country. France is one of the first African-American fighter pilot was an American who wasn't allowed to fly in America to fight the war, World War I, but was allowed to fly in France and became a French hero 
and was treated as such in France. Came back America just about homeless and broke amongst his own Americans and not recognized as the war hero that he had been. Mm-hmm. But France did. And when one of the French leaders came to America, one of the first agenda items that he had was to find and visit with that French war hero that happened to be African American. Interesting. So France has had relationships with this country. France has had relationships with black Americans since before this country was this country. In every great war, blacks and France have worked together. See, it is important for us to know our history because our history ultimately is like our memory, and we are the sum total of our memories, good and bad, good and bad. That's what goes into making us. So we need to know it, and we need to know the role. Because I know there's some people saying, well, what has France done to me? Well, maybe France hasn't done anything to you specifically. But from a historical perspective, France has done a lot to elevate black people and to bring black people into normal society, world society. So that's France, and that's one of the reasons. Other than the fact of simple humanity of acknowledging what happened in France, I France has a connection with this country. France has a connection with black people. We should have a connection with them. And in this time, we have to join together with our brothers across the sea as we have to join together with our African, African African-American brothers and sisters here and Americans in general. Because, again, when those terrorists come, they don't ask us, hey, are you black? They just see Americans. And, you know, um, that's true. I I also want to, you know, send a little light and love to the band. You know, one of the places attacked was a concert hall last night, and I don't know if a lot of people heard the band that was playing there was an American band, uh, American Eagle, American Metal Eagle, or I'll I'll get the name straight in a moment. But, you know, young kids... Playing a Paris gig, uh, American band. So you know that 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 has to be traumatic. They were six songs into their set, and you know, gunmen showed up and started shooting their audience. And you know, just wanted to send them some light and love today, because I'm sure that will forever change them. And so I also want to share something else about France. And the Statue of Liberty was given to this country by France. That's true. Now, many may not know, and for those of you who do know, please allow me to share with those who do not know, that the Statue of Liberty was a message from France about slavery in America. The Statue of Liberty, originally, there was chains at the bottom, at the feet of that statue. 
the Statue mm. of Liberty actually is somewhat of a form of an African woman. And if you look at the original uh, drawings of it, France was making an even more direct statement, though this country didn't want to accept it. So they had to make modify it. So I just want to show you the impact of France and France's relationship when it comes to freedom, when it comes to, dem- to uh, democracy, and again, when it comes to its relationship with Africans and you know, Africans in America and African Americans. <coughs> France. The ba- absolutely. So let's keep in mind that though they may be there, they have done things that have impacted us directly here in a positive way. The band that was playing last night that I couldn't get their name together is uh, Eagles of, of Death Battle. And they're a, a young California band, you know, playing a gig in Paris, which is, you know, a lot of touring bands dream to, you know, be a part of a European leg and all of that stuff. So just sending light and love out to them. That's, that's really a, a, a sad situation. Every band wants to grow their fan base and, you know, get some... You know, Get as big a headlines as they possibly can, but I know no band wants wants their uh, band name to put be put out there under these types of circumstances. I'm sure this is a very painful and troubling time uh, for them right now. You know, we also have to talk about the fact that this was um, this was a highly coordinated effort. You know, this wasn't Absolutely. just a bunch of people who were in a bar one day and thought they were going to do something crazy. This took a lot of effort, took a lot of work, and they made it happen. Now, they and, and in the process, they took many lives. I believe the last count was 100, at least 120 dead. 126 dead and 352 um, injured, 99 of that 352 are in critical condition, 200 are hospitalized across Paris. So that number, I would anticipate, unfortunately, anticipate that number to go up. Absolutely, this is going yeah. to have, uh, I mean, it's going to impact France and France's family. But because it is, will be looked at as a publicity and uh, a victory for the terrorists. And this oftentimes helps them recruit more. And from more countries, this also could fuel other groups to want to one-up them. So let's not be here in America and think so much about, oh, this has just happened over there and too bad for them, which that is true. But as it happened there, it can happen here. And as I asked at the top of the show, are we ready? And are we willing to do the things to get ready? Uh, It's something for us to think about, but we don't have a lot of time to think about it because they're not just thinking, they're acting and doing. And as they're looking for opportunities to come here, every chance they get, and even if they didn't get here, Americans are all over the world. So if they don't get us here, they can still get us there. So... 
that is something for us to consider. I need to give a quick station ID. Uh, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes here every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. I'm with my, uh, my well, my host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, which is a surprise because she's supposed to be out celebrating her 25th wedding anniversary. And, Angela, I know we've been talking about a lot of doom and gloom, but before we go much further, I did, you know, our show is going to transition into relationship. And I want to make sure that I do acknowledge the fact that you and your husband, with your family, have been married, not just together, but have actually been married. And I say actually because it sounds like such a large number. And to keep everyone from guessing how long, you guys have been married for 25 years to the same people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to each other for, for 25 years. I've been, been together 28 years, but married 25. And, you know, you don't think about it. And this week was, was like the really first time we had a time to sit down and really think about that. And just we've made a little list of all the things that we've been through together, what what we've done, what we've accomplished. It's a long list. Jeez. 25 years, five children, all adults. I lost yeah. track of the grandchildren. Me too. <laughs> God has um, blessed us. You know, we were we were in San Francisco and you know saw a couple of friends, and um, you know it, it did dawn on us that God has really blessed us with being able to be, you know, still young and, and fairly mobile with a little crazy glue and duct tape. We're still pretty mobile. Uh, to, to we can still get down on the floor and go to the park uh-oh. with our grandkids. And it's so crazy. We were talking about our uh, interaction with our own grandparents. I I went to the movies one time with my grandmother. I've been to the movies I don't even know how many times with my grands. And, um, you know, just how abundantly blessed we are with with this situation. Uh, It is a – that's all I can can say is that it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be – with someone that I understand and I, I love and appreciate, and I know it, it's 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 flowing both ways. He he understands me. He don't he don't he don't always agree, but he understands me. <laughs> but you know, as a, but that's so that right there though is a powerful statement in many different areas as as we're approaching our relationship segment because one of the things that I have observed that I have observed I'm not saying that it's fact. I'm not saying I have researched that, and I, when I have those, I usually state those. But this is one of the things that Rodney has observed, is that when us brothers, it, it could be men, but I'm, I'm, lately I've been around brothers mostly. When us brothers disagree with our sisters, it is like we just, I don't know, did something mighty bad because that look on our sisters' faces, Either the silence, which can be just as bad as some of the words that come from my sister, <laughs> is like we just broke up with them in a bad way or something, or maybe they just broke up with us and didn't tell us yet. <laughs> and I also said, hey, wait a minute. 
just because I disagree don't mean I don't like you or depending on our relationship status that I don't love you. I just have right. to disagree. We just disagree. Can, can a brother be allowed to disagree? Because you, you, you sisters don't have no problem disagreeing with us. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, allowed. We don't allow that kind of language around here. You know, you, you're your own person. Uh, anybody that's getting married or married or, you know, whatever the status is, if you waiting on you guys to morph into one person, you're going to be waiting. I'm I'm putting out there right now. It, that never happens. I'm 25 years in, and some, you know, we just never morphed into the same person. You know, the two become one and all of that. Oh, I hear you talking, but, you know, the two remain two, and we figure out how to, you know, maneuver from there. <laughs> it, it really, I'm still waiting on the turn turn into one, you know, the great pumpkin to show up and we become, you know, these this this one being. But, you know, we we do manage to finish each other's sentences a lot of times and you know, maybe maybe we have turned into one. I don't know. But I, I I'm just saying he's got his own mind, I got my own mind and we we agree more than we disagree and that's what's important to me. Mhm. So, so. One of the things that I've often said, you know, we just did the uh, relationship event with the Las Vegas Urban League Young Professionals. Uh, one of the things that they asked for is some more seasoned people to share uh, their stories and maybe even things that have helped them in their relationship, things that they have learned. So, Angela, in 25 years, because, to, you know, I don't know too many people your age that can say they've been married for 25 years. 25 years 25, of marriage. 25, married 25 years, I understand. It's a, it, it don't happen often, I understand. <laughs> this is, what have this I is learned? Yes, what, what, <laughs> yeah, because let us share that with all of those people out there because one of the things I often, we say, wait a minute, and this is even on uh, Sister Mary's page, is they'll say, well, people only seem to talk to single people on how to have a relationship or better their relationship. And the response has been, well, all married people aren't good at relationships, just like all single people may not be bad at relationships. That is true. That is 100% true. But I can tell you that if I had an opportunity to speak with Warren Buffett on how to make a million or a billion, I'm putting that high on my list because that fella has a whole, he has tens. Of billions. If you give me an opportunity to talk to Bill Gates on innovation and also making tens of billions, all that that fellow's almost at a hundred billion. Could potentially be the first person in modern history to make a hundred billion dollars. A hundred billion, y'all. I'm gonna go and talk. I'm gonna take that opportunity to ask him questions. And if he don't let me ask questions, if he just want to talk, I'm gonna be happy to just listen. Because he is where I would like to get, or at least I want a piece of what he has, right? But for okay. some reason, when it comes to relationships, people tend to kind of, I don't want to talk to people that's been married a long time. I don't know if they don't want to. I really don't know what it is. So uh, before Sister Mary comes on, Angela, please, can you share 
with those of us who would like to know, what is it like to be married 25 years? What have you learned? Tell me, tell us something that you thought this way before and through your relationship status of marriage, think the way that you think today. And if there's things that are the same, that's fine too, but really what have you learned in those 25 years? I want to I want to touch on uh, our kind of addiction to uh romantic love. I mean, we we are hook line sinker fairy tale kind of community. Uh we believe in the fairy tale, the 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 prince will find you and sweep you off your feet and you guys will Go live happily ever after. Well, the part I want to add to the fairy tale is that y'all better have something in common. Because the commonalities are kind of the 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 the, the glue, the bond, the way you guys will manage to keep your relationship together when you you know, when you falling out, teeth and tongue fall out. They close together all the time. They got a lot in common. But they, you know, you you really have to have some things in common that is outside of that romantic feeling that you feel for that individual. Um, and I'm I thought that you only fall in love once. With your with your mate, I've fallen in love with this man a million different ways for a million different things. You fall in love over and over again. Hopefully, if you're doing it right. So you know, so, I, that's Angela, a myth. As you say, you've fallen in love many times, and this is, I, I guess, could be a tough question. Hopefully, Michael's not standing too close. But have you fall, <laughs> have you ever fallen out of love or? Instead of, you know, I hear people say 50-50. Uh, has it ever gotten to maybe where it was 10-90 or some variation of that on either part? I have never fallen out of love with my husband, but I have fallen into disdain with Uh-oh. my husband. And, That's wrong um, right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I've made him mad, too. That was just a fancy way to say I've fallen deeply and 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 wholeheartedly into you know some type of attitude. <laughs> he was the focal point. Um, but <laughs> boy, that's a polite way to say it. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I I I've never fallen out of love with him. And as far as the scale being equal and balanced all the time, mm, that ain't gonna happen. Um, not all the time, not if your objective is to, you know, be married for a lifetime and not for a season. You got to get over this need to have things even and balanced and, you know, 50-50 all the time. Um, or, or you're not going to be as productive as you could be holding on to that. When my husband wow. and I married, he was in a whole nother profession. He was in food service. He was a 
he was uh, an executive chef running and 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 in management of of color of culinary running the United Terminal at O'Hara and um he had a health issue that forced us to uh, reevaluate things on the long term and he ended up having to go back to school and you know I was already in school deeply in my film program and and in love with my film program very close to finishing up my stuff when we had to literally stop and first deal with his health issue where he was in a lot of pain it it disrupted every aspect of our relationship every aspect we literally Rodney went to lunch one day left out the front door locking the front door he said hmm my back feel funny gets down the steps he says huh babe my back really feels funny never felt this feeling before this is weird get in the car on the way to Carson's Ribs in Chicago and uh we're going to have some lunch driving to the to the to the restaurant he's like my back has never felt this way before. Get to the venue. Get out the car. He's like, huh, this is really weird, babe. Get in the restaurant, seat, seated at our booth. My husband says my back really hurts. We order our lunch. We sort of eat it, but he's, you know, he's feeling very, very funny at this point. We get up to leave. I have to help my husband out of the booth to the car. Being the man he is, he would not relinquish those damn keys. But, you know, he drove home, but it was painful. I was worried because, you know, here's this person in pain. I just had to help him to the car. And he he's refusing to let me drive, just like I'm going to drive home. By the time we got home, and park the car, my husband had to be helped to the front porch. He literally crawled up the steps, and I had to help him up into the house where I, you know, once we got in the house, I called an ambulance, and he was rushed to the hospital. Two or three slip discs in his back in that blink of an instant. Instantly. Life changes. Forever, never was able to go back to that job. But you were still there. Yeah, still there, nursing him back to health, even when he didn't want to be nursed back to health. He was firmly entrenched in Angryville. (laughs) He was a permanent resident at that point in Angryville. He was pissed off. And, you know, I had to be the one to let him you know, have his space to be mad. You have a right to be mad, but you don't have a right to stay there. I'm not going to leave you there. you better than this. And to help him pick his pick his life back up, stop my my program and turn all my focus on my husband. Financial disaster. If it were not for some smart moves we made, uh, beforehand, like buying our property and, you know, uh, 
just a few other smart moves we made and, you know, saving 401K, thank God, you know, that helped us. But we both delivered pieces, kept babies, took side catering jobs, you know. Um, like I pushed uh, uh, wheelchairs in the airport for Andy Frame, took tips, and was happy to have it because we still had to put food on the table and shoes on those kids' feet, and we still had to live. So, you know, in those uh, tough times, we, you know, thank God we had other things in common because romantic love does not factor in that much when you're in the thick of a of, of a life-altering situation like that. Mm-hmm. And you are very much relying on your family to talk you down, talk your talk your spouse down. You know, when you're in the thick of something like that, um, you you learn that this is you know if, if it was a passing fad, then if if it was just infatuation, it would have it would have been over then for sure. Because you know it, it wasn't pretty. Well, well, Angela, I tell you what, your story has the switchboard lit up. It's so far down the screen that my computer monitor isn't long enough to get all of the people on. I see you out there, Sherry. I see you out there, uh, Joseph, uh, Sister Mary. We're going to transition to you shortly. Felicia, I see you out there. Thank you so much for joining us on Our Own Voices Live today. Uh, Sister Angela was sharing a little bit about her journey in this 25 relationship, 25 year relationship called marriage. 28 years of totally being with the man who would help her make that 25 years of marriage. And this is, I believe, your your first marriage, right, Angela? Yes, it's both of our first, and you know, uh, only marriages. <laughs> First marriages, only marriages. If 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 one of us expires tomorrow, this will be it. So the goal typically is for us to find that one, find the one, and be with the one until, what did they say, death do us part, right? Well, of course, none yeah. of us can predict the future. No one knows what tomorrow may hold. But we do know that for the last 25 years, that every morning that you two woke up, you woke up to a spouse. And that is Team something Thomas. that many people are striving for today is that long-term relationship, that person who has their back and maybe might even scratch and massage their back on occasion too, <laughs> but also hey. and someone who's back that they can have. And, you know, hopefully they get some return on that back scratch and maybe they can scratch each other's back. I'm sure – Back scratching is a euphemism for another type of itch that needs to be scratched. But anyway, as we move forward, I'm so I'm what are some of the comments in. on the switchboard, Rodney? Oh well, they just want to get in right now. Uh, oh, okay, come so on in. Of, I, I'm, so I'm, I welcome. I'm you. glad that you uh, shared your story because it shows that this is happening. 
you know, I say that all too often we talk about what's not happening, what's not going on, and we don't talk enough about the things that are happening. Even if it is diminishing, sure. we have to talk it up. At, at the gathering yesterday, one of the things we said was we need to talk up marriage. Uh, we need to talk up long-term relationships. We need to talk up establishing true friendships because, hey, those true friendships might lead to that relationship status that's a little different from just a friend that might lead to that wedded bliss that you're experiencing now. So, Angela, did you, are you going to be able to hang out with us or you got to run and spend some time Couple with that man minutes, of 25 yeah. years? I'm going to hang out. Okay. Couple well, I'll tell you what, let's, um, let's bring Sister Mary Anderson on because Sister Mary Anderson, who has a relationship group, and it's a very active group, one of the things I like about it. Uh, most of the time the people, when they may not agree, they are agreeable in general, and that provides for, I believe, a freer flow of sure. discussion and conversation. So that's one of the things I love about it. But, you know, I could talk about Sister Mary all day. Let's bring her on and let her talk about it for herself. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, welcome Sister Mary Anderson. Welcome, Mary well, thank you, Brother Rodney. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you and Sister Angela, as always. And, Sister Angela, I just wanted to tell you congratulations. Thank you. You are, you are welcome. You are a great example of what many people are striving for, especially in the, um, Back to Eden, in the Back to Eden family, as well as just around the world, period. So to you and your husband, I say kudos to you both. And we honor you, and we just thank you for being the example that we someday would like to reach. So thank you, Sister Angela. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. You're welcome. And welcome back to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. You know, um, considering what's going on, you know, my heart felt condolences go out to all of the families and those who are suffering uh, due to the um, things that are going on in France. Uh, I've been listening to the show and been paying attention to the news uh, and things like that, and it's such a tragedy. And, you know, now is the time more than ever for us to come together and really get serious about the plight of our community and the direction that we need to go. And what better way to um, talk about that then to start with the foundation, which is the family, our relationships. And so I just want to um, say that before we get into the rest of the show. Okay. Well, definitely so. Uh, our hearts and prayers go up and out to everyone in Paris right now. And, um, you know, the, the 129 lost and the 352 uh, struggling right now it's just light and love sent sent their way so thank you for bringing that up no problem no problem well today's show we're going to be talking about debunking the myths <clears throat> so debunking the myths why chivalry is not soft and women really do need a man um, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But go ahead. I'm sorry. This is going to be a women-led show. I had to jump in, fellas. I'm, I'm back out. I'm back out. So, you know, we're going to have some people come in in a few minutes, Brother Rodney, 
and I believe they're waiting on the line. But let me just start off by saying this. With the staggering statistics that state 42% of black women have never been married, 27% of women are sleeping with married men, and 40% of married people are engaged in affairs, it may come to no surprise that there are women out there who strongly believe that they do not need a man. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we are living in a generation that has coined phrases such as thirsty. We've all heard of heard of that. Mm-hmm. Baller. And one of the more famous ones we hear nowadays by Meek Mill, whose song sings, I'm a boss. It was Joseph Powell, or Jody Powell, who brought it to my attention that people feel that men are soft or do not know how to receive a man who displays chivalry. To me, it is possible that we have glorified a negative image of what it means to be an African-American man. Now, that's what I believe. I believe that we have glorified a negative Absolutely. I do think that we have, you know, maybe given too much attention to the bad boy and what he uh, contributes to <laughs> uh, our community. So, I, you know, I, I can I can see that point that, that we've kind of let this image go a little too far. Oh, Sister Mary has dropped off. Uh, she Uh-oh. she'll she'll call back in and we'll get in. But in the meantime, we do have uh, 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 one of her callers that she was expecting to call in, and this is, I cool. believe, Felicia. Uh, Felicia, welcome to Our Own Voices Live. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Hi, Felicia. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I was kind of listening a little bit, but you were kind of going in and out, so I didn't catch all of what was being said. Okay. Well, let's talk about what you caught. I didn't catch any of it, to be honest. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What would you like to say about relationships? Are you married or? I was married at a young age. I am divorced. I've been divorced now for over uh, 20 plus years. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I married when I was 21 um, to my son's father, and that ended in a divorce. Um, And it was hard. So marriage is a a big, big step that I think people truly, truly need to know what they're getting into. Um, I'm not against marriage. I believe marriage is a foundation that God has set for everybody. But I do believe Marriage isn't for everyone, and people need to know if they really are marriage material and know what it goes into being married, or are they just caught up in the act of wanting to be married? Because it's work. It is a lot of work. Yeah, and it's not easy. And when you marry the wrong person, it's even harder. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I congratulate you on 25 years because that's something you do not hear 
a lot of. Thank you. Especially in the black community. As of mm-hmm. now, people can't say Mary three seconds because they're caught up in the love <laughs> of being Mary, but they're not caught up in the actual act of what marriage takes to build and grow. So for me personally, I don't know if I want to be married again. Mm-hmm. I'm okay being single. Mm. I've just come to grips with being single. And I've been single a long time. I've tried dating. I've tried, you know, meeting people. But I find that a lot of men, and I'm not going to put all because I don't believe all, the few that I have met play a lot of games and don't know. Yeah, and don't know what commitment really is and what it takes to be committed. They're on this mentality of, if you won't do it, the next woman will because we have so many women out here who are willing to compromise. So he's got the pick of the litter. I can go from you. If you won't do this, I can go to her because she'll do it, and if she won't do that, the next one will. So where are we really in this relationship thing? That's my question. And you know what? I I think it's a, a great question. I think what we need to begin to ask ourselves is, what do you want? Sure, you can go to from Sherry to Sherita to 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 Constance over here, but is is that really what it's about for you? And and what what is the goal here? But that's the point. And we're going to bring goal. Mary back. In, we're going to bring Mary back into the the conversation as well. I I I hear you. There is there. Mm-hmm. What is it? Eight to one now. Last I last I saw the the ratio was <laughs> eight to one. Eight women to one man. And you know we do mm-hmm. have to begin to ask ourselves: A, are we marriage material? B, do we want to be married? And if so, you got to stop passing it out like it's penny candy. And that's very true, but I think it's more like one to ten. It could be possibly twelve. Could just be, from the especially in our see. community. Yes, and, the and, one you know, to eight might a be a national, <laughs> just a, a general demographic, all women. But right. you're right; in our community, it could be much higher. It, and that's true. And I, and I look at that, and that's why I say to myself, "Let me just be happy being me." And if someone happens to fall into my life that meets some of the qualifications, not even some, that meets the qualifications that I'm, I would desire for a man to be, then mm-hmm. let's talk about something else. Because the only thing that seems like these qualifications that they're looking for is meet you, get to know you, jump in the bed with you, move on, okay, thank you, bye. Oh, you want me to do this? Nope, I can't do that. Thank you, bye. Really? Okay. So that's where I'm at. So, thank you so much. Mary, you back? I I think I'm here. Can everybody hear me? Yes, we can. (laughs) Welcome back. Modern technology (laughs) is always interesting. (laughs) Yes, it is. Well, it's been interesting listening in, and I learn from everyone just as much as people, you know, tell me they learn from me as well. You know, um, let me go back because I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves, and I don't want to jump ahead. And I also don't want us to miss the point of why we're here. And so let me go back and say, you know, that the last thought that I left off with is, is it possible 
possible that we glorify a negative image of what it means to be an African-American man. We have some people on the line, uh, and we're going to start off with the men. I would like to bring them on, and if Brother Rodney can let me know if they're clear to go, I have uh, Brother Jody Powell, uh, who's on the line. Hi, Jody Powell. How y'all doing? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. And you know, I wanted I wanted him to come on and talk first um, because he's he's number one, he's my brother, <laughs> and number two, he kind of said something to me because he's somebody who I look to, and he said something to me, and he said, you know, he he began to talk about chivalry and how women think that men are soft when they display chivalry. So I wanted him to come on and just you know, first start talking about that because that's the first subject that we're going to talk about. Then we're going to move in the the later half and talk about why women need a man. But first I wanted to begin with the men and have them discuss that. We also have Brother um, Shay Glorious Martin on the line as well. Hi. Okay, maybe Brother Rodney will get him on the line. Okay, well, let's hear from Brother Brother Jody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for calling in today. Oh, first off, I want to say thank y'all for having me. And I want to say hi to my little sister, Mary. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I do do believe that, you know, in society these days that, um, you know, it's like it's a cycle because there, um, there are a few fathers that, you know, at home to show their children, you know, what a real man does for his family. So, you know, you have women that grow up without fathers, so they don't know exactly what a man is supposed to do. So, you know, as they get older and they get into relationships and stuff like that, they 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 see chivalry as being a punk because that's, that's not what they're used to seeing men do. You know, they're used to seeing the guys on the corners or, or you know, the little the little videos that they see guys arguing with their girls and stuff like that. You don't see, you know, in these music videos these days of guys opening doors for their their girlfriends or or, you know, helping them across the street or holding their hand as they walk down the street. I mean, all you see is guys talking about the girls with the booty shaking and the half naked women and stuff like that. You know, so they don't know. Very interesting. I, you know, I, you may have heard, I'm, I'm celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary this week, and uh, we, we on the 10th we were married 25 years, and my husband absolutely does all of those things you just said. He did all of those things from the time I met him till 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 now, and I'm. Absolutely spoiled to death. I, I'm used to all these things, but I find myself a lot of times, you know, rem- having to remember to walk a little bit slower, because I know, you know, I could get that door, but I know that my husband is going to get that door. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't, you know, get in the way of that per se. Um, my husband. You know, is that guy that walks on the outside closest to the street in case, you know, in case a car, mm-hmm. 
you know, that's that's him. He he absolutely does those things. But I, I find myself a woman totally used to this. I've been married to him for twenty five years. He's been doing um he's been doing these things since we've been together and I, I I consciously have to remember sometimes to just, you know, walk a little slower. The mall door ain't going nowhere, it's gonna be there. So <laughs> slow up right. slow up, wait, right. you know. He he Amen. he he needs time to, to do what he got to do. Yeah, and as a young lady um, before me was saying that, you know, that um, a lot of guys are pretty much to the point where, you know, if you won't do it, the next guy will. I mean, that and, that, and that's a street that goes two ways because women are the same way, you know. I mean, you know, for a guy, I mean, for a guy to tell a woman, hey, Let's try it like this. Let's do, let's let's do this. Let me let me open this door for you. You'll get that woman and be like, "No, I'm a boss. I can handle my own. I can open my own door." Matter of fact, let me open your door for you. I mean, you, you get you get all kinds of things like that. So, I mean, it's I mean, maybe it's just how you grow up or grew up to you know to, to understand what really needs to be done for a woman and for a man. Well, Sister Mary is back on the line. Mary, I, hopefully you caught uh, some of that from uh, Jody. Yes. Yes, I heard it all. And you know, I, I want to just go right down the line and allow Shay to come in and give his piece on the the topic first before we delve deeper. Shay, can you go ahead and um Introduce yourself and give us your take on chivalry, please. Yeah, my name is Glow, and as far as chivalry is concerned, we can sit and talk about the cliche stuff all day, like the the videos and the, and all this, but if we tap deeper into the very nature of the man and the very nature of the woman, we'll find where the core of the problem is. One one The, the very first thing is isolation. The enemy's main plan for especially the black family was to isolate the man and pull him away from the family. So therefore, you got men that are that have this attitude where it's kind of like uh, uh, that is being tapped into and being twisted in, in, in the sense of the videos and everything that you see in the cliches, I'm the boss, I'm a this, that, and the third. But that's our very nature. And the enemy's main plan is to take the truth and mix it with lies, right? So, of course, if you go back to the history of man in the beginning, we always had our square down. We had our square. We took care of everything. We had our property. We had our career. We had our job. We had our finances, which is why when we married, all the woman had to do was take care of the home that we already had. So as time has progressed, you're mixing those truths with the lies. Like, yeah, dude, be a boss. Be financial so that you can provide for a family, so you can provide for a wife. Yes, young lady. Be independent, be whatever, but your job is to receive and nurture what it is that you are getting from the dudes. And I'm not just saying in relationship, I'm saying in general. So now you got the women that are captivated by these bad boys. Why? Because the whole chivalry thing, and I've been the victim of this a 100,000 times. I'm a nice dude. I'm the, I'm the door opener. I'm the what's up queen and all this blah, blah, blah. Sister Mary can testify to this. But it's looked at as weak because... I'm not tapping into her inner to see 
I want to see a man be about his business, be about, you know, his just be self-centered in what he's dreaming about and what he's going after and blah, blah, blah. And everything comes second, everything and whatever. Whereas, like, the, the, the nice dude or the typical nice dude is all about the woman. And subconsciously, that's a turnoff. Like, yes, baby, what do you want? Well, what do you want to eat tonight? Whatever you want. Where do you want to go? Wherever you want to go. That ain't how we're supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference between chivalry and being, like, a subservient man. You know what I'm Subservient man. You know what I mean? And I think that that's where things are getting twisted. Up. Like, good dudes are, like, being good dudes to a detriment. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, dude, you got to be about your business because ultimately a woman is programmed, in my opinion, from what I've seen and what I've studied, is she, she she's programmed to want to, 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 to be in the presence of a man who's about his business and ain't, like, uh, 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 like an in-house slave to her, you know what I mean? Because ultimately, it, it, even if it's good, it's kind of like ah, he just he's just too about me. I if if I had a dollar for every time I heard a woman say he's just too about me or he's just too nice, I'd be rich. You know what I'm saying? And and I, and I started studying that kind of like, well, what's the difference between a dude being nice and a dude, you know, just being chivalrous and all that other kind of stuff? And that's kind of what I found. It's like if you're being subservient as a dude, it is a turnoff, and that's not chivalry. You're like you're doing yourself a disservice. And you're borderline not being a, 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 a dude in the sense of where's your business at? Where's your square? Where's your headship? Where's your head of household qualifications? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're losing out on that as men, too. You know what I mean? Just, that's just my opinion, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Glow. I think you said a lot. And, you know, I want to get the women in on this topic, and I would like for uh, Sherry. We have Sherry on the line. Hey, you've been listening. If you could talk a little bit about chivalry and what Glow was talking about and what Jody was talking about when it comes to chivalry, can you give us your viewpoint, please? Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, Glow, thank you for uh, joining us today also. Hi, Mary. Um, I have listened in, and I've I am finding this to be very interesting. Um, just piggybacking on what Jody and um, Glow was saying as far as chivalry and the dynamics of the black family, especially with, in most part, for the man being absent. Um, in my, it, it is my opinion that um, chivalry is not dead. Um, and from a woman's perspective, I I desire it, I demand it, I want it. Um, it is, you know, it has and is, is my, you know, makeup as far as, you know, dating and, you know, having male, male friends in general to just treat me like a woman is to be treated because, like, um... Jody was saying, if you really go back to the beginning, um, the word states that it is not good that man should be alone. Um, and with with that being said, and with that being said, um, we need to really go back to the basics and find our roots and know who we are as a people first. Um, and with chivalry, most women who have not had a positive role model from 
a male perspective or had that nurturing male um, in her life that has, you know, shown her and taught her that she is, you know, to be uh, nurtured. She is to be protected. She is to be, you know, loved and respected. Then she doesn't have that those uh, core values in herself. Um, so um, with that, um, we as women need to know our place, first of all. I mean, yes, we can go out, bring home the bacon, cook it up, serve it, but at the end of the day, and after all that's said and done, what are you really desiring? What is your desire? And for me, it's like I want that that connection, which we we are meant to be connected. That's what we were created for. Uh, so, um, chivalry is a man knowing his self worth, knowing who he are, who he is, and most in, and most importantly, knowing who he is. So, I mean, and most of most of them have had you know, positive influences in their lives from their mothers or grandmothers or whom have or whomever. And they have been taught that, you know, a woman needs and desires, you know, to be protected. She she wants, you know, to be shown that, you know, she's worthy of, you know, your attention, your affection and um, your love, ultimately, because that's basically what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sister Sherry, for sharing that. And, you know, it's another perspective. Um, as you can see, each of us have different perspectives on what it's chivalry, you know, where it comes from, and, you know, how it should be carried out and where, you know, some of the things that have um, either taken chivalry away and made it dead or what is keeping it alive, irregardless of how we all feel, the one thing that's important is the topic is, the topic is important enough that it has brought us to where we're at today. Can you? True. Oh, true. So, Hello? I'm here. Everybody's here. Sorry. I thought I lost the call. I'm so sorry. So one thing thing I want to say is, irregardless of how we all feel, there's a reason why I stuck chivalry in with why a woman needs a man. And my whole thing is this. I believe that chivalry goes along with why a woman needs a man. Now, I'm not going to get to why I feel that way, but I do want to begin to talk about um, some of the things that Felicia brought up and some of the things that I heard some other people bring up in regards to, you know, the male maybe not being a part of the home and the male not... Uh, being that example in the home 
And when you have that breakdown, like many of us have had, including myself, you know, maybe you don't have that role model. Luckily, I do have role models who have told me and who have taught me why I need a man in my life. But Felicia, one of the reasons why I did ask her to come on the show is because she stated she felt like she didn't need a man. And I think she spoke to that mm-hmm. in regards to her opening, you know, uh, topic. What I would like to do is have Felicia come back. Felicia, are you on the line? I'm Cause still I, here. Okay, because I do have a few questions for you. Okay. Um, now, so many women feel the same way as you. Do you feel, okay. because you stated that you were married before, right? Correct. Did you feel the same way when you first got married that you do now? And if 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 um, yes, I'm going to say yes. Okay. And the and reason oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The reason being is because I married for the wrong reason. Okay. Can you explain that? Um, I basically got married out of pressure. I already knew the relationship was not working and trying to move away but listening to, you know, my parents and everyone else. Like, you know, at the time that I was, we had a child together uh, at a young age. And at that time it was like, so we're talking what, 26 years, 29 years ago, where it was, you know, forbidden for, you know, women to be pregnant, not married, and, you know, you want that strong image of, you know, having a, the unit of, of two parents and raising your children and doing the right thing. But I was pressured into being married to this person, knowing that this person was not correct for me. But that didn't display itself until later on. So now I'm in a situation that I want to get out of, but I can't. Okay. So let me go back. Before your marriage, before you got okay. married, mm-hmm. and before you married the wrong person, and before you were forced to marry the wrong person, did you feel like you did not need a man in your life? No. No, I didn't feel that What changed? Once I became married. Once you got married. See, yes. and I, I, I commend you for answering my questions honestly, because... That speaks to what I heard Jody say earlier, that a lot Mm -hmm. of women feel a certain way because of the simple fact that they've been hurt or because of their past experiences or because there was a lack of uh, that positive real male uh, role model in their life. And before you jump in there, let me say this. If anybody, when you had that feeling, when you were going through your divorce, was there any male figure that came forth and had a conversation with you about, you know what, this one may have not worked out, but keep hope. Understand that there are other men out there who can make you feel and give you what you deserve. Was there any men out there who did that for you? Yeah, there was There was a few. Okay. And what type of relationship did you have with those men? Um, they were family members, 
strong, good family members that I've seen that were married for years. Um, okay. There were some, some friends that I had who were married as well, who went through a struggle, but, you know, managed to stay married. married. But I think for me, because it was so tainted through, and I'm not going to get into the logistics of everything that went down, you know, because of a lot of the distrust and the things that were, were, that were happening, I lost a lot of trust in, and, and I was married to a black man. So I'm not putting this on black men because I still believe black men are beautiful. They're good. They are, they are our backbone. I believe that. But at that time it took that one to ruin it for a lot others. So, and, and I came also from a family of women that were very strong and dominant. In doing my background, looking at, at some of the women and why they were divorced and married multiple times, I found that a lot of women in, this, in my family were very dominant. So that played a role too, but not for me because I'm very submissive. I can be very submissive to the right person. But I have not met and I'm I'm being very honest here when I say this, one man that has made me change my mind, not one. And I have been divorced 20 years. And believe me, I get a lot of men that come at me, and I meet them and I talk to them and I try to see where they're at and what they have to offer. They just, they're not there. So I just back up and I'm like, I'm cool on you. That's where I'm at. Can I say something? Sure. sure, please, please do. And now, identify yourself so that the audience will know. I'm Jody Powell. Okay, Jody, uh, go ahead. Yeah, um, listening to what their sister is saying, you know, I understand completely how she feels. But you know, and I, you know, and I'm not going to say I know her situation, you know, to the fullest. But I think a lot of women, my personal opinion only. A lot of women find fault with these certain men because they're looking in the wrong pools of men. You know, it, there's, you know, you get, you get to, as a woman, you know, you kind of know what you like, but and but you get to the point where you don't want to step outside that comfort zone. You know, and whether it be color, whether it be, you know. Um, attitude or, um, you know, financial, whatever it is, you need to, sometimes you need to step into a different arena and see what's over here instead of, you know, a certain mm-hmm. type of man being like this. You know, mm-hmm. you can't always go for the thug. You can't always go for the educated man. <laughs> you can't always go for the black man, too, which, you know, I'm not doubting the brothers because I am black myself. But I just think that sometimes you need to step out of your arena and maybe you will find that person that you're looking for. Find that man that, you know, that compliments you in the way that you want to be complimented, you know? Right. Well, here's the, here's right. the deal, man. We got to get out of this food poison mentality. And what I mean is I've, I've been food poisoned. Like I food poisoned myself one time on accident. <laughs> And uh, it involves some butter and some hot jelly and some other kind of things. And butter and hot jelly, yes. And butter and hot jelly in the oven. Old butter and hot jelly in the oven together is not a good thing. So when I did that, I literally almost killed myself. Like my head, my skull (laughs) swelled up. 
I didn't eat for like four days. It was terrible. It's, it's a lot like when you get your heart broke. It felt like that, except for I was like literally dying and dehydrated and all kind of other stuff. But I tell you what, I don't I don't look at butter and jelly through that experience. I look at that as as something that I did to myself. I chose that, and it didn't turn out well. So I didn't cast this light over butter and jelly because a certain combination at a certain time did me wrong. And I think we kind of live through our experience in the sense where we're supposed to extract the wisdom and the things that we can correct ourselves as far as what we did wrong and why it went wrong, and we cast it on those actual people or the characters, the characterization of those people. So there's an African proverb that says, if a man's been, uh, 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 if a person's been horned by a bull, every time he sees an ox, he'll run. You know what I mean? And we kind of like paint it all in the same thing, whether we're doing it on a conscious or a subconscious level. The beauty of my life at this point is that I take everything in isolated incidences and I say, you know what, that was that person. I had the unfortunate experience of being in a marriage where my wife did not love me from the jump, and I got married just to love her into loving me. That didn't work out, and I ended up getting a front row seat to watching her fall in love with somebody else, you know, over a period of time. And this is this is a woman that I've loved for 15 years, and in a matter of three months, she had fell in love with somebody else. Now, I could paint that as a black woman thing. I could paint that as a I should be angry and bitter at her, and I don't trust women and blah blah blah. No, 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 no. It was a her thing. It was a it was a thing that I knew before I even got married. And I went against everything in me and the signs from God that I prayed for and all that to say, you know what, Lord, I see that you're showing me I shouldn't marry this woman, but I'm going to love her until she loves. No, 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 no. That was on Pesci. So I can't be, uh, that, that's my nickname, that was on me. So I could go the black woman route, and black women ain't this, that, and the third, and look at every black woman as, well, because nah, if I marry you, you're going to end up falling in love with someone. No, 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 no. That's just her. That was just her. This is the right. same way that, I, that, that, butter, that butter and that jelly I, that I heated up, that was just that butter and jelly. The je, the, the right. butter was 10 days old. Right, right, right. But here's the thing. I I don't, I'm not bitter and, and, and I'm not hurt because I confessed all that to God. Me and him now are like best friends. We can laugh, joke, and have good conversation. You know, I'm healed from that. But now in the in this thing of trying to date, right, it's hard out here. So now me being, I'm 58, I'm almost, I mean, I'm 48, I'm almost 50. I cannot, and I've dated in different pools, so thank you to the gentleman that said that because I, I open many doors. I don't hold what one <laughs> man has done to the next man. To the, I look for whatever you show me, who you are, that's how I look at you. I'm mm-hmm. not a, a, a grudge holder. I don't do that. What you display to me is how I'm going to treat you. So coming back to things that have been said, marriage, like I said, is a big deal. It's a big thing. Chivalry is a beautiful thing. I love it. I think it's awesome. When I see it, it's a beautiful thing. But I started watching people. And in watching people, black, white, Asian, all ethnic groups, the most people I see that show chivalry and love and, and compassion are white people. When I look at black people walking there, either the man is ahead, the woman is behind. Wow. They're not holding hands. They're not touching. If you look at them at the corner, white people are always touching each other. They're always looking at each other's face, smiling. And I'm like, why do black people not do this? Why do you do that? I 
like well, well, I, it, you know I I'm, I'm just you gonna say I this I I see so many of us and this is Angela uh, co-host mm-hmm. here uh, speaking I see so many of us enjoying good relationships I I think sometimes mm-hmm. when you're going through something it's kind of uh, all encompassing you it's, it's 360 uh, all all around you and um sometimes just in my own story i'll I'll share a little bit of uh, of my own story when i met my husband i was literally uh probably 90 days out of the worst relationship of my life i had four kids by somebody and and we had like a very terrible breakup but mm-hmm. if i had allowed that experience with him to taint what was going to dictate the rest of my the rest of my experience with men and and, with, and in life, I, I still would be in in that place. So you know you gotta, you know, as the brother was saying, the the butter and jelly that that was that butter and jelly. <laughs> it, it, it was that was the experience you had with that individual, and it's good you guys have had a healing. Uh, and yeah. and are able to come together under friendship, and mm-hmm. you know it sounds like you know what you're looking for. You just haven't found it yet, and you're not allowing this to to taint your experience, allowing that marriage experience and what you experienced with that gentleman to taint your entire experience. And let right. me say this. Let me cut in and say this um, in regards to your statement because. This is not about generalization, sure. and it's not about, sure. you know, saying that, you know, maybe sometimes when you get hurt, you pay so much attention to the wound. And I know you're saying that you're not hurt, but what I heard you say is that you were hurt, Felicia, because when I was asking you the questions, I allowed you to tell me what changed you, and you identified the change, and you said it was that bad marriage. So I understand yeah. that you say that you're healed and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. Hold on, hold on. I okay. get that, thing like that. But sometimes we'll concentrate on that one thing that we don't see. We, we tend to see that or think that it's better on the other side, and that's not true. And I just want to say this. All races have their issues. The divorce sure. rate is high amongst all mm-hmm. races. The divorce rate is high in the church, outside of the church. It is The Correct. divorce rate is high among Muslims, among everywhere. It's not just one mm-hmm. race. It's not just one religion. So let's knock mm-hmm. that out, you know, out of the box. But what I wanted to do, and I want us to kind of move on from this, is I mm-hmm. want us to start thinking about this. <clears throat> one of the things that I do when I start reflecting, because I've experienced some of the same hurt that you've experienced, Felicia. I've experienced Mm -hmm. some good relationships. I've had great relationships. I've had bad relationships. But sometimes I have to take myself out of my own experiences and look at some other things to help me make a decision on what's best. One of the things that I do is I reflect upon and look at the animal kingdom to give me guidance. And I I have always looked at 
the female eagle. There's a story about the female eagle, and there's you know it's it, it's out there that it states that a female eagle will fly and soar up to fifty to a hundred feet in the sky, dropping a stick as she goes to the mating with a male eagle. Maybe she'll go up thirty-five feet and drop the stick. Maybe she'll go up a hundred feet, and she wants to see if that male eagle can catch that stick. And what she's doing is she's selecting which mate she will be with. Now, what's familiar to us, because many of us have probably heard this story before, is that, you know, that's how us as women should select our mates. But the part that we seem to forget or the part that we don't hear a lot or the part that we may have never heard is that she's also looking at that man, understanding that she needs him to be a provider. She's telling that male eagle, I need you to catch me. I need you to help me. I need you to be a provider. I need you to be my strength where I may be weak. And that's why I say I need a man and why all women will need a man. Now, you may not need the man in the traditional sense where you think you need to be married, But there are certain things that we need, and I believe, and I want to talk about this, and I want to to cover this, is that when you look at the mental illness rate in our community, when you look at all the things that we're going through, when you're talking about depression, anxiety, when you're talking about bipolar disorder, when you're talking about all these mental illnesses that are coming up, a lot of times it's because people are alone. They have nobody, or they feel they have nobody. See, having a mate is not just about having somebody to be there and provide for you financially. I heard Angela talk about that before we started our segment, and she talked about how her relationship was not just about the glam and the glory. The relationships and relationships are supposed to be about being there. And she talked about how her husband had to crawl up the stairs because his back was out. And she stayed there. And they took jobs that were unconventional jobs, that were not glorified jobs. But she stayed there because she made a decision. She made a choice. And she dedicated herself to that relationship. That's what we need in our community. That's what we need to build up the black community. We need people to make a decision to say, come hell or high water, I'm going to stick with the person that I decide to be with, and I'm not going to run at the first sign of trouble. That's what we need. Relationships are not about, you know, um, who can make me happy, the glitz and the glory, the glam of it all. It's not about that. It's about finding somebody who can compliment you. It's about finding somebody that you are willing to come to the table and they can protect you, they can nurture you, just as much as you can do the same thing for them. We have to stop thinking about ourselves and being so selfish. What can we offer the relationship? I want to turn the focus because we, we have to wrap up, but I want us to end on a positive note. Each one of us, let's talk about what we can do 
to come to the table and solve some of these solutions, I mean, embrace some solutions. What can we do so we're not being the stereotype that I'm a black woman, I don't need a man? What can we do to say, you know, I, I, I want and I welcome men who are going to stand up and be a part of my life, whether they're my man or not, because I need a man. He doesn't have to be my husband, but I do need a man. I need support. And there's a support that you can get from a man that you can't get from a woman. There's a type of woman, uh, women can support people in a type of way that a man can never do. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to say, anybody who says that, I don't believe it's true. So I'm going to open it up. We haven't heard from Sherry. Sherry, can you start it off for me, please? Wow. <laughs> As you know, Mary, I, in the conversation that we had over, you know, in, in B to E, I told you I need a man. And it's not just for that companionship or to be in a relationship, but I need my daddy, I need my brothers, I need my uncles, I need my granddaddy. Those are foundational relationships that actually helped me to grow and to be the woman that I am and and them nurturing me and guiding me through my life. Um, I I will tell anybody, yes, I need a man, and the story of the eagle I absolutely love. I've heard it before, and it is, and, and that is what we're looking for. We do need that father figure. We need that uncle. We need that that minister or just, you know, that great man in the neighborhood who mentored us into, you know, saying that, you know what, you can be whoever you choose to be. Don't allow your environment or your circumstances to uh, hold you in, you know, one position or close your mind into thinking that you can't rise above that because if I were to share my story, people would not believe it. But um, well, I'm just going to share a bit of my story with you all. I grew up in foster care, so... Um, I I knew my family, but I didn't know my family, if that makes any sense. Um, and in saying that, the the men that I am referring to as daddy, granddaddy, uncles, and brothers, they were not biological, but, you know, fostered. So um, I, I gained all of my um, knowledge and understanding of, of manhood from that from that group of men, and to date, I have a best friend that I've had for twenty years that is male, and this man I can go to whenever for whatever reason, and know that he is going to be my provider, my protector, my brother, my you know my mm, if 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 I can say that. Um, so I think we as black, we as women, I'm not even going to put the, the race in there, but we as women need to know that we do need men and we are to coexist. We are to have 
dominion and um, to subdue and to just procreate and and keep everything in order as from the and I'm going back to my biblical roots <laughs> uh, right. from the beginning and just and just knowing and and understanding who we are as a as a people and yes right. we are strong we are we are a very uh we're very we are a very loving and knowledgeable people but we have lost somewhere we have lost that understanding of who we are and we need to go back and find that and and know and be reassured I agree with that. you. Let me say this because I, I want to get someone else in here. I agree okay. with you, but the one thing I do have to say because I have people um, texting me and I have people messaging me and typing <laughs> in and saying, "What about?" What about and I don't want you to answer at this time, but they're saying we're not all Christians, but we understand where Sherry's coming from. And so I just wanted to say that because I want to acknowledge what they were, you know, what people were saying out there. And I wanted to get your viewpoint. We have 15, less than 15 minutes left in the show. So I want to get another perspective. We have a lot of callers and, you know, I'm well, sorry I, we can't get anybody just, in today. I just but wanted I, to I, cut I, in because uh, uh, I'm going to cut out in a few moments. Right. I just wanted to thank everybody for calling into the show and, and, and giving their uh, giving their life blood. To breathe some energy into what I think is is probably the most important thing our community, African American community, could be paying attention to right now, and that's that's family and uh, the relationship, the the foundational relationships in the family, the husband, the wife, and um, keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for joining. Us today. No I, I got to cut out because I have to get to my celebratory lunch with 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 family and friends. But yeah, get to that twenty five, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to get in there. They all have been in here looking at me with side eye, like <laughs> yesterday. For real. Coming. <laughs> but enjoy, enjoy, enjoy so much. So on the long line. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Nope, that's good. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. On the line, we have J.D. New, and I would like for her to introduce herself, and I welcome you to the show. If you want to go ahead and get comments, please. Coach Sister Mary, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, I can. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I want to be brief to say, um, but I want to start out by saying that I will unapologetically focus on the African-American families, um, because we are the women who have been without our men. We've had our men stripped from us. Um, not that we're not seeing, you know, divorced and fragmented relationships and other, within other people groups, but it's okay for us to unapologetically focus. And I, want to I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and just so everybody knows, you know, that is my focus because I see that, you know, one of the – one of the things that I like to focus more well, that I focus on in the American community because I believe that that is the root of some of our causes is that we have to get our family unit together. So I oh, thank yeah. you. 
I, I thank you for that comment and for you calling in, uh, J.D. New. Uh, we have 13 minutes left, and I want to get more people in. Uh, Brother Glow, I think he has something to say. And then I actually I want to bring Brother Rodney in um, as well to say something else. So, Glow, if you could. I want to uh, can I say one more thing, Sister Mary, just about solutions. You asked a question about what we're committing to to, to yes, be a part yes. of the solution. And what I'm committing to is to continue to challenge the negative narrative about ourselves. A lot of what we hear um, is, is being controlled and perpetuated by the dominant narrative, and it's absolutely not always true. So we need to begin to challenge that and get back to our old ways of knowing and being. That's how we survived up until now is by having, uh, you know, strong family structures. And it's not even so much about allowing our men to be men, but expect them to be men. And understand that it's not about your place, but it's about your role as a woman. And that's one of the most important lessons my elders taught me. We, we complement one another, not that one is less than the other. We have, um, I, I'm a big proponent of some of the old-fashioned roles. I appreciate them as a woman. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, J.D. New. Thank you. Brother Glow. Well, I'm loving J.D. Yeah. New. I'm loving J.D. We need, hey, yeah. we need to get J.D. JD back on here for the next show. <laughs> So I'm going to say this real quick. I'm going to say a couple things real quick. First of all, this ain't about Christianity. I'm a Christian, and this ain't about Christianity. This is about recognizing the the innate and natural uh, mind states of man and woman and how they've been tampered with over and over with through conscious, through subconscious, things from the media to, to, to the, way, the, the way the system, especially in America, is governed. It's been taken away from, just like the sister said, we've been stripped down and kind of like, again, dabbling in between truth and lie, like a man have, doing this and a woman wanting that. A lot of those things are truthful and are, are very at the very root of our natures, but they've been perverted as usual. I think the, the exactly. biggest problem is... I think the biggest problem is the word need has been given a negative light. Almost, if, if I can give two examples, uh, a man needing directions in a car. Now, we know that the stereotype is that he doesn't like to stop, and eventually y'all will get there, but it would be like three, four hours later because he doesn't feel as a man he should need to ask somebody where he's going. And even if he doesn't, he doesn't need to, to, uh, for you to think that he doesn't know where he's going, so he'd rather play the role and get there five hours later than to stop that one five minutes and blah, 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 and let down his quote unquote manhood because he needs something. I think the, the negativity around the world around the word need has been given has been glorified to the to the degree where everybody wants to pretend like they don't need anything but themselves and it couldn't be the furthest from the truth. And that's the very root of the issue that we're dealing with. The glor- the glorification of individuality and not needing anybody and everybody wanting to be a boss and everybody wanting to be this, that and the third. When you need people, you need things, you need Things to make things happen, you know what I mean, and so. So quickly, with that Glow, being give said, me a solution. Give me, give well, me, a, give me a solution. What, what is a quick solution? Because then I want to go on to the next person. I want to get everybody in. The line is lighting up, and I'm trying to right. get in as many people in before we have to go. Quick solution for me is to, for one, get out of that mind state, like. I am a boss. I run businesses. I hold my square down completely. I don't need anything. I, I'm I'm good. You know what I'm saying? There's things that I want. I want a queen. I want this and the third. And it takes a team. And we have to understand that. And I tell this to my, my homosexual uh, brothers and sisters all the time. Like, yo, like, okay, uh, a tennis ball can be at the bottom of a walker, 
and it works. It serves its purpose. It helps old people walk down the street. But will it ever reach its full potential if it's not on a tennis court being used with a tennis racket in the hand of somebody who knows what they're doing? You know what I'm saying? Answer that question for me, and that's what we're talking about. So to get out of that individual all-about-me mind state and to start thinking about the things that I need, I need somebody to do this with me. You know what I mean? In order for me to complete, uh, to complete community and make a positive contribution in the society that I live in, period. Okay. I like that. I like that. And you know what? This is what I want to do. I want to ask Brother Rodney to come on and talk about a solution. Then if you want to go to the line, we have a few more minutes, call in, and then we'll close it out. But Brother Rodney, can you, can you come and talk to us and tell us a solution. What do you think are some of the solutions? Well, I think one of the first solutions is we're going to have to move out of our own way, which is a lot easier said than done. I also believe that this is a situation where we have to look into the past to help us out in our present. And I don't mean going back to everything that was in the past because everything in the past wasn't good, but we do have the benefit now of looking back and seeing what used to work, what we transitioned to that hasn't worked, which gives us an opportunity to modify to what we know has worked and then dump the stuff that didn't. So even though our memories are a part of who we are, that is a fact. But our past is where we had success can also help us with success today in relationship. So I really believe, and I believe it was Sister J.D., that said that talked about some things that were traditional. We don't have to look at traditional as bad or traditional as going backwards. If it propels us forward, whether we got it from the past or not doesn't make any difference, right? And then, So that's for us right now is to look at what has worked, go back to those things, and that's for both genders. Now, the other piece of this, and I just posted this on a couple of pages, has something to do with are we preparing our children to be better at relationships than we have been? And this is so important because it's one thing for us to go through it, but if we can't fix it for us, can we at least look at our children and fix it for them? Can't do it for ourselves, can we do it for our children? Because our children will model what they see us do. Whether we tell them to do it or not, it is natural to them to do so, just as you did so with your parents, for good and bad. So if we can't move out of our own way for our sake, then let's start prioritizing it for our children's sake. Because looking at it mathematically, however we are today, our children will be more of it tomorrow. And that is the good and the bad. And can we stand, our marriage rate is at about 30%. Obviously, our single parent rate would be at about 70%, right? We don't have too many more percents to go. <laughs> it's, when you look at every active indicator of negative things in our community, Regardless of what you may feel about marriage, regardless of what you may feel about a two-parent heterosexual relationship, 
all data suggests that the best relationship is a relationship with two people and that the best environment for the children of those two people is with those two biological parents. So as black people who were the first above all, we have a tendency to look at second and third. And what I'm suggesting that we do today is let's look at who we are and then let's act who we are and be first in all things as we always have been. That includes being the first when it comes to parenting and relationship. There, that, that is the sole purpose of us being on this planet is to make more of us and better assist. We have <laughs> failed tremendously recently. And when I say recently, we have not always been this way. So regardless of what you hear people say about slavery and all of those other things, though it's had an impact, I've lived long enough to see when we were different. And that has been within my lifetime. And I'm not 60 and years my- old yet. So we we have models that are out there. We may have to go to some extremes because we're in a dire circumstance. And what I also encourage you all is we may not be able to expect those of us who aren't doing it to ever do it. So if they're bad parents, they may always be bad parents. And guess what? Parents wow. beget more bad parents. Mm. Now, where we That's can make a difference, too. where we can make a difference is making sure that our children are better than us. And if they can't get it at home, if they cannot get this type of training at home, since schools are supposed to prepare our children for adulthood and life away from the home, we may have to look at our school systems to change their curriculums to incorporate these types of training. Now, it's something for you to think about because we don't have enough time to get into those things today. But I do want you all to think about it. The parents that we have today who are training our children may have not have the capacity to train them to be more than what they were. The relationship that we have today, many people may not be able to do any better in relationships because this is just a part of who they are. So let's look beyond that, but let's remember Will we do it if we can't do it, move out of our own way for our children, for ourselves? Can we do it for our children's sake? Sister Mary? Here's my solution, and this has always been my solution, is to create um, uh, uh, the, the conversations that we're having today. That's what Back to Eden is all about, to create a forum where people can discuss and talk about black love, black relationships, black dating, black marriage. I'm not against people being with other races. That's your choice if you want to do that. But Back to Eden is about focusing on African-American relationships. I want to leave you all with this. I already told you that Many times I look at the animal kingdom because I learn a lot. This weekend it was the opener for the deer opening season for people to go and hunt. And so many people at my job, they begin to share stories with me because their husbands are going out and they're going deer hunting. 
And out of all the stories that everyone shared with me, <clears throat> there was one particular person who shared a story with me. Her name was Lori. And she talked about how nobody had caught a buck, I mean, caught a doe. And she said, this is going to be problematic if we don't, if the weather doesn't change. And she said, it's going to affect the population next year because of the weather has been so warm. And she began to explain to me the process that go, that happens when deer begin to mate. And she said that, you know, well, I won't go into details of how, what she said about the mating season and things like that. It may be a little bit too graphic. But I will say this, that she basically understood, and what I got out of it is how we mate with each other, how we relate to each other affects the whole scheme, the life cycle. And it's the same thing with relationships. Do black women need men in their lives? Yes. Do we need to have men who are going to treat us with respect? Yes. Should men be caring, loving towards us? Yes, they should. I'm not going to make a decision for you and how you feel you're entitled to that. But I am going to ask you and I'm going to challenge you to think about how you feel. Think about what we've discussed on this show today. And let's come back next time, second Sunday in the month, and discuss our next topic. I want to leave you on that note. Brother Rodney, Sister Angela, who has signed off, thank you for allowing me to be on the show again. Thank you to all the guests that came on, Sister Sherry, Sister Felicia, uh, Brother Jody, you know, uh, Brother uh, Glow. Thank you all. Uh, J.D. New, thank you for calling in. It's been great. I just appreciate it all. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And on that note, uh, we will be back next Saturday at 12.30 p.m. West Coast time. That's 3.30 East Coast, and I believe 2.30 for those folks in Central time with another show. Uh, You can go to the Back to Eden Facebook group page and share some comments from the show today, or if you have questions or other comments for Sister Mary, please post them there. We can possibly use some of those in future discussions. Also, you can go onto the Our Own Voices live page and post some comments there for our folks local as well as those from out of state. Thank you all for calling in. I appreciate hearing the differences of opinions because what this tells me is if you are willing to take your Saturday time to listen and to call into this show, that this is something important to you. Let it be so important to you that you will be willing to do something to make it better for us all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week and see you on the pages. Bye-bye.